0: Okay, good.
1: I didn't double-click. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk WTA and handicap all things WTA. I hope Spread doesn't cut that out, because that was a really funny <laughs> little part. For, for for those of you who are interested in being behind, uh, what do they call it, the fourth wall, I think? Um, yeah. I think this is our third link today to try to figure this out. Spread oh my got gosh. bounced once, he double-clicked once, but, you know... To get things back on track, I am Noops and joined as always by my favorite Californian possibly. I don't know. I'd have to double check the list. There's just a ton of people out there, but spread is absolutely in my top five, I think. How are you feeling, buddy? How's your your Sunday? It sounds like you were uh, relaxing at home and um, enjoying the finer things and watching some football.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, NFL Sunday was back. We're having a cool little US Open final right now. So I'm ready to talk some of this uh, exciting uh, WTA tennis we got going on today.
1: And Jorge, back from hiatus. Now, Jorge, where does spread rank in your top Californians?
2: Oh, God, he's got to be number one. You know how I feel about that state. (laughs) A rousing, rousing start to things. So let's jump in. We've got a lot to cover here. Um,
1: Apologies, it's a little bit later in the day. um, But we'll do our best to make sure that we keep as much relevant stuff here as possible. But we absolutely have to start with the U.S. Open. And I'll go to Jorge first, because Bianca Andreescu is a Grand Slam champion. Jorge, where does this rank for you in terms of moments in the history of Canadian tennis? You know, is it number one? You know, what else is, is even in consideration? G- give us a little bit of breakdown and, and some scope, if you can, about Canadian tennis and, and really what this means for you and your country.
2: Well, I went, uh, went to the, the pub last night, and I'll put it this way. For me, it's it's clear-cut number one. It's not even, like, there's nothing even remotely close. Um, you know, Milos's final was the, probably the best moment Uh, in Canadian tennis history um, when he got there and lost at the time. And Genie's feat of, you know, three slam semifinals, one of which was the Wimbledon final, was up there. But, you know, winning one is so much different. It's amazing. Um, And, yeah, I'll put it it in this frame of reference. As a Cubs fan, uh, you know, brought up on my grandfather who passed away before they won, this ranks number two in sports memories for me in my 28 years uh, right behind the Cubs World Series. I don't think anything will ever eclipse that. Uh, and the only thing that could ever eclipse this most likely is the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. This is, this is for me personally, as a tennis guy, this is bigger than the Raptors NBA championship.
1: That, I, I, you know, I think that speaks volumes about what that means. So, you know, Spread, what do you think about all this? Is What, what do you think of Bianca Andreescu? We are... One of the best parts about the WTA, the reason that I like it, you know, better than the ATP is we are absolutely spoiled with the amount of incredibly talented youngsters. And, you know, Andreescu is only 19 years old. She's Grand Slam champion. She won Cincinnati. She won Indian Wells, which is, you know, basically the fifth and sixth or, you know— extra the biggest tournaments that are probably non grand slams however you feel about that so, so spread maybe give us uh, in your opinion a, a big picture look at Andreescu is she going to be world number one for a long time is is this just an incredible start like we've seen from a few other young women you know what do you expect from her so I wouldn't say for a long time because in
0: today's WTA it seems like you know everyone gets hot and then you know kind of fizzles back you know Osaka look kind of the same way at this point uh, maybe not at the U.S. Open last year, but after she won the Australian, um, she looked pretty unstoppable, and we've seen how that unraveled. Not that uh, Naomi isn't doing well right now, but you know she's not. You know, wasn't she on Time Magazine as like the next Serena Williams or something? Yeah, like that. So yeah, we tore that I apart. Mean, yeah, we you know we kind of know how we like to overreact to doing well, but uh, speaking on Andrea I mean it was fantastic. It was so fun. You know, at the very beginning of the match when you were watching, and you know against Fidelina, the difference in power was so eye-popping watching the match against Serena. And then Andreescu was just sitting there belting the ball with her, you know, and it was just so much fun to see someone, you know, in a tennis sense, standing up to Serena, you know, banging right with her. And her ability to have power, she has almost as much power as Osaka, but she has so much more uh spin and variety to her yep. game. She's not just a basher. Um Movement, you know, she's not Halep or Svitolina level, but she's right there behind yep. them, you know, where she moves so well. So she will, she will have a run at number one in my mind, and, you know, multiple Grand Slams, this won't be the only one.
2: This is, this is also something that I mentioned to people uh, that I spoke to yesterday. People who know me know I love tennis, and so, you know, it was kind of a ask Johnny this question, ask Johnny that question. Whoopsies. Well, there you go. There's my real name, folks. Uh- <laughs> a lot of, fourth, <laughs> lot of fourth wall coming down.
0: yeah we can't we can't start the podcast on time and you can find if you didn't know
2: jorge was an alias by now i mean come on dude um yeah but the biggest thing was uh how do we know this isn't gonna be another genie and it goes to what to what spread just said um 100 percent you know the variety in her game genie kind of played when power was still you know reign supreme and then you know when you run into the people like Svetlana halep and then a, a ton of players come up in that mold and can just move you around and moving around beats you that's not going to happen Andreas she moves much more efficiently she's got the drop shot she likes to play uh the lobs uh she can volley i mean she's she's just got the whole package so i think that uh, yeah i think that she's much more uh built for durability over the long haul and another, another question I always I got a lot this week was, How hard are you, you know, how much are you cheering for? I said, Well, I'd love to do her well. Love her to do well, but like Alina Svitolina is still in this draw. So well, I, <laughs> I, I had to explain to people that I would not be cheering for the Canadian if she made the final. That and the could reason, have been
0: rough for you at the pub. That part yeah. have gone over very well.
2: But the reason is, like, I know, barring some career ending injury, Bianca's going to win more slams. We yeah. know this. I mean, it's just, it would be so, it would be more likely that she doesn't than. Um, you know, it would be more rare that she wouldn't, I would say, unlikely, than, than her winning two or three more, I think. Uh, so, I was like, who knows when is going to get another chance at back-to-back semis. Um, so, if she could have taken out Serena, you're damn right I'd have been cheering for Alina Svitolina in that final. Uh, it didn't happen, though, so, um, you know, my Canadian patriotism didn't have to be questioned.
1: Well, I'd actually like to hear your thoughts on, on Miss Svidelina. I watched... What I think is is a different tennis player than I've ever seen um, from her. I, it's you know, what did you think of her play these last couple weeks? I heard some other thoughts from people on Twitter about how her serve looks so much better. Um, for, for me, what it was. There seemed to be more poise. There was; she seemed less concerned in moments that that seemed to be against her. Um, her serve was definitely better. I think that she was playing yeah. more aggressive tennis. But what have you seen yeah. in her in her game? You know, what are you excited about? Did she look like a different player to you? Let well, me this just is... jump in real
0: quick, Jorge, and just sure. point out that she's shown this poise all the time in Masters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's just yes. we hadn't
0: seen it on a Grand Slam. And I just in the Asian... to point that out, and then go ahead.
2: And an Asian swing, which we're gonna get into because that's gonna come up in, in our outrights for this week. But one hundred and ten percent, that is exactly what it is. And noops, and I agree with both. The composure was there, and we've seen it time and time again in like Wuhan and the WT finals and like all these huge events that are literally a step below the Grand Slams. And we're starting to see it come through a bit more at slams. Um, you know, losing to Serena is no shame, even a six six three, six one I mean, it's Serena Williams, and she's always struggled with power players. But you can see the difference from 2017 to 2019, where she's now gone from losing to Madison Keyes in a close one to beating Madison Keyes in a close one. You can say Keyes has regressed somewhat, but she always plays well at the U.S. Open. Um, And you can see Alina's starting to beat those power players because, like Noop said, you really do get that sense that she's always had a good first serve. The second serve's always been weak. I think her second serve is she's placing it a bit better, so she's not having it pummeled as much. The first serve is is still very nice. I mean, you can't complain. She wins a lot of points from it, um, when, it when it lands. And the aggressiveness, that's the big thing. She's a great defender. But when she goes into these matches with hitters, it's like she just automatically goes to defense every point no matter what. And eventually, you're going to run into one who is playing a great match and doesn't hit many errors, and you're going to lose. Now we're starting to see her, like... She plays when she's a favorite against some of these bigger hitters and she's going to take it to you as well. Like the most annoying thing in the world is that she's a pushing, you know, defensive player and she's not, she can, she can hit and she angles well. And if you put those two together, which we're starting to see the last few months, she's a really, really good player. This is why she's my favorite player in the first place. I think she's got as good of a game and as good a ranking as she has. Um, I think she's still underrated. I think she's really, really strong.
0: Yeah, and if I were to jump in, I would say that the composure didn't surprise me as much because we've seen it before, you know, but it was nice to see it translate on the Grand Slam level, but, you know, she had shown that she could do it, and I almost think that there's less pressure on her now. Um, You know, this new generation's kind of arrived and grabbed some of the attention. I don't think she has the same expectations that she did before. It's not like, when will Alina win a slam? She's kind of gotten out of the conversation, which is great for us betters, especially on the – the other term is in this agent swing coming up, but I thought the serve was really where she showed improvement, and I was mm-hmm. wondering if that's where uh, you know the relationship with Monfie helped her a lot because um, you know obviously the second serve w- was is important. You know you can't just sh- serve up ducks, but that first serve went from being you know like a solid first serve to like a general weapon, and uh, I don't know if she was hitting it that much harder, but her placement was was really yeah. sharp, and that's why I was thinking that's something that you could uh, ascertain or learn by by working with a stronger you know male player, especially one you know that can serve you know pretty well. So I think the serve was really the difference in her grand slam performance this fortnight.
1: So did either one of you get a chance to watch the final? Did you both see it? I know Jorge, we talked a little bit before uh, the podcast. You were busy working that day, but I don't know if you get a chance to re-watch it. I'll start with yeah. you, Spread. What did you see? From Serena, what did you see from Bianca? You know, what do we think about Serena Williams at at this point? You know, I think she's pretty much unquestionably the greatest women's tennis player possibly of all time. You know, she's one of the best athletes of all time. But at this point, we're seeing. We'll do that a a different
0: pod. I think I can make. I think I can make a case for Steffi Graf and Billie Jean King. But we'll do that a different pod. Going for Serena in the finals, the Grand Slam. jinx is funny because people are saying oh it's the pressure it's the pressure but i'm looking at the performances that these other women are putting on you know and a lot of times and i wouldn't say this tournament as much but a lot of times she's kind of had the draw fall in her favor and then she runs into someone you know who's really peaking in the final and it's you know everyone's uh attributing to the pressure of the final i don't think it's the pressure of the final i think it's just kind of you know, a bad run with variants where she's just running to these players that are playing incredibly. Andriescu, you could see she's not mentally intimidated by Serena Williams. They not had a great all. shot before the match of Andreescu in the hallway and Serena comes in and she kinda looks over and she just looks like she would look at any other person walking in. Like it could have been, you know, a US open attendant for the amount of attention she gave her and just went right back to her focus, right back to doing her thing. And you know, they that they got that went around the uh, before on, on Twitter and on TV, and, you know, it was really a sign that Andreescu was here to win. She had confidence in herself, and uh, the way she was playing, you know, I'd like to credit Andreescu and not say that Serena's getting tired in these finals. I think that Andreescu just played great and won the match. I don't think Serena lost it.
2: I agree, and I think you saw a lot of that last year, too. Naomi played so well. Yes yeah, she red-lined. the drama around, you know, the, the chair and, and Serena and the crowd and everything. By the way, the U.S. Open's got to do something about... The crowds, I mean, they're horrible in the finals. How many times down the stretch, um, and for Noops is what Noops was referring to, I didn't get to, um, you know, work right now is seven days a week. We're in campaign season up here. Uh, so um, I didn't get there until 5-1 second set. I thought I was going to watch her serve it out, saw the mini comeback. And then uh, how tough, how great is that, by the way? If you lose four straight to Serena Williams, get to five all, you're and 19 years old. The crowd 20, is on you. People you're you're basically you're hitting a ball that's painting a line and they're cheering cuz they think it's out. Yeah. And it's and so you know you have to keep playing through like basically to the whistle. Um and how many players win that second set after all that? So few. So to do it at 19 is is you know speaks to the mental strength. The second the second thing too by the way is that point where Serena leaped uh, over the ball. I am positive someone maybe in the crowd called the ball out when Serena returned it on Andreescu's serve, um, or called the ball out on Andreescu or something, and Serena just kind of flicked it back. And then she runs up, hits the ball, sails it long, Serena jumps over it, the crowd goes wild. I'm like, did no one else hear that? Uh, I just think the crowds, they need to be a bit more respectful um, and and understand the kind of the etiquette of tennis. I don't mind if you're rabid and you're passionate. I mean, I get it where North American sports fans are different from, like, European sports fans uh, in that respect, other than the, you know, footy hooligans. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that to to play through that adversity and not have to go to a third set, because if you go to a third set, who the hell is going to bet on Andreaska to win that match live going into a third? Absolutely no one. No one gives her a shot in a third set, right? So, like, to, to regroup and really close it out when you almost feel like you had to do it uh, was incredible, especially the way Serena served in the two holds um, when she was coming back from 1-5 down. She was serving lights out. Uh, and that last game, I think she, Andreescu won most of her points on the second serve, including two double faults, and that's really what did Serena in. But, man, um, it, that, that's what impressed me the most about yesterday's match individually.
1: I, that's you were touching on my favorite part about Andreescu. It's you know what's between her ears. I think that there's an outrageous amount of young women that are really talented that can hit the ball, that can move, that, that know how to do all the different things. But um, I think we're constantly let down by the inability to stay calm, the inability to stay composed, the inability to to be angry, to, to feel energy, but to be able to control it. And that's what I see when I watch her, you know, I think that she does have just about every tool you could want, maybe from a player. I'm sure she could be better at, at, at anything, but her ability to stay focused, to stay controlled, to be upset at the same time, but also still calm and, and playing tennis is overwhelmingly impressive for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. To speak on Jorge's crowd point real quick. I don't think that's ever going to change. I think that the New York crowd kind of, uh, identifies himself with being rowdy and kind of being disrespectful and, you know, they kind of take pride in that. I I don't think that's going to change. And I also think that this match, um, because it's Serena Williams, I think it drew a lot of people that were Serena Williams fans and not necessarily tennis fans. Like, I don't know if Spike Lee and Queen Latifah are there. If, uh,
2: Serena's you know, not. If it's Andreescu right.
0: Svitolina, you know. Right. And so I think there's a lot of people, you know, yep. those are celebrities that we know, but how many other people are just well to do and they're Serena Williams fans yep. and not tennis fans? I think that another nothing to do today because today's final, the crowd didn't doesn't really seem that of much of a factor, don't you think? I mean, doesn't it seem kinda of dead today compared to yesterday? Uh have you guys been watching it all? Been no, yeah, I think line? you're I
2: think that, that aspect is right. I also think you're right about the first aspect where you know, America is going to America. Yeah. Um,
0: and we're New York. I mean, New York is America, you know, time on steroids. Yeah. yeah.
2: Minus the guns. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe a different way to ask this what I noticed about the crowds, they were pretty rowdy. I think they are definitely pro Serena. Um, you know, spread watching some of these Medvedev matches. It's been really interesting to see how they oh, behave. Oh, that's been great. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, my that's, been fun, eh? but that's my favorite part of the men's draw. My biggest disappointment with American crowds is what happens when they're not playing tennis. There's a ton of people walking around. There's a general murmur throughout the entire match. It never seems to be silent. You listen to matches in Europe. You listen to matches in Asia. You listen to matches in Australia. Once the players are ready to serve, you could drop a pin and hear it land, but it seems to be, and I noticed that in the final yesterday, there was a few there were a few games in at one point and there was this Fidelina match I trying to remember it was I think it was Svitolina Williams as well um there are a few games in and you can hear people sitting down chatting to each other trying to get comfortable sitting down you know I think if I'm going to be embarrassed of anything as an American tennis fan it's that you know I appreciate the attitude yell and scream be as loud as you want um I mean just take the time and be quiet sit and watch the event I mean come on it's ridiculous
2: so. I would also be embarrassed if my compatriots were having trouble getting into their seats. It's, like, it, it's, it's, you it's different. <laughs> you unfold, well, you sit. This is very, very simple, guys. We'll <laughs>
0: add that onto the list of things for Americans to for be, Marca, to be yeah. embarrassed about. Yeah. We've got a pretty long list of things that embarrass us on the national stage.
1: But, <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Any other thoughts here before we wrap up the U.S. Open?
2: Yeah. Um, want to review... Outrights real fast for me, um, one and four. The two Mertens outrights fell to Andriescu, which I mean I I wasn't able to post on Twitter at the time. I was on the I was on the trail going door to door, but I did a, I was able to stop uh, and see that Mertens had won a set. So I hope anyone listening here that was watching live was able to catch that for a, a nice hedge opportunity. I wasn't huge on the pre-match price. Um, but Benčić won her quarter, so I'm a happy camper. Uh, the Mertens ones fell, Bardi fell, and I also had uh, Stryiotech who lost really early. So um, one in four, but you know, a nice, nice little hit uh, where we did uh, win. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Nice. And I have
0: I have three players that I want your opinions on just the overall performance this tournament. I think we should at least mention the defending champ Naomi Osaka and her tournament. Um, I'd like to know what you guys thought about Ash Barty's tournament because we had high expectations for going in for her. And also, uh, Wang Chung had a nice tournament, and she should be featured in the, in the Asian Swing. So what do you guys think about those uh, three performances
2: we had?
1: You want to go first, Jorge?
2: Yeah, I I think that uh, Wang Ch that's Kyung Wang. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know. No, how no, know no, I think it. you're right. I think you're right. I think it is Chung. I just, I refuse to learn those the. Those names are too tough for me to learn, um, yeah. and say backwards and forget it. I'm just I'm going with Kyung Wong. <laughs> All right, but, I'll, um, I'll,
0: I'll join you in that one. It's easier for me too. That's how I read it.
2: But uh, yeah, I, I think watch for the Asian swing. She loves this. Is where she always builds up her points moving forward. Um, if she's ever against other top ten player and like a plus one eighty dog, I think it might be on that for the next you know two months straight. Um, just auto betting her at, at nice plus money. Um, I was impressed. She's always liked speedier courts. Um, everyone talking about blue clay and you know, ha ha ha, at the New York, uh, at Flushing. I just I don't I I don't see it. I'm still seeing seeing huge serves. I'm still seeing, you know, players that like quick services do well. Um, yeah, I, I disagree there, and I think that it showed with with her run. Uh, Ash Barty, I think, you know, will will have to kind of just watch the end of the season and, and kind of analyze because... So do you expect for, a for lot her, for
0: her for the swing
2: coming in? I don't know. I mean, you'd think she'd like fast courts with her, her you know, phenomenal serve and, and you know, the nice slice and kind of the same way Fed likes his quick courts. Uh, but to win the French and then, you know, falter at Wimbledon and then really falter at the U.S. Open, I'm just kind of... I'm like, uh, I'm in I'm in shock. So I'm going to reserve any kind of expectation talk for you know, down the road. All right.
1: Um, well, I guess to, to to put a little bow, I guess on the outrights and also talk about Barty for a little bit. Um, yeah. let's see. I had, let's count them up. I had a lot of outrights here. That's, that's quite a few. Um, <laughs> We had 10 outrights, went 3-7, and seven, did pick the winner with Andriescu, and uh, had Mertens to win the quarter against Andriescu to win the quarter, and then benchage as well to win the quarter. So a little profit. But I also go. had some money on Miss Barty, um, who could not have been more disappointing. I-, I watched that match with Wang Jiang, and she quit. I- she looked, like, even before the match, I don't know if she... Ate some bad food or got sick from the air conditioning we always hear that sometimes about some of the foreign players all the air conditioning for some reason in New York makes everybody sick it's nonsense but she looked completely checked out um, mostly disinterested, she was really frustrated. She was hitting bad shots, yelling at you know the chair umpire after she's hitting balls just way out. Uh, it was really disappointing. Actually, I, I don't know what to think about Ashley Barty anymore. After coming off the French Open title, I could not have been higher on her. Jorge, I know you and I had her to win Wimbledon at 33 to one, and thought that was a great spot for her. But she hasn't played really any good tennis since the French Open after having as good of a season as anybody up until that point. So could not be more disappointed in her. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add.
0: No, if we're going to move on to the Asian swing, I think the last thing we should mention on the U.S. Open is the new Grand Slam champion of
1: one of your favorite players. That's right. Arena, the Amazonian Warrior Princess Sabalenka, is a champion at the U.S. Open in doubles. Yeah. No, but... That, I, I still think that means a lot. It does. It, it, it does. I think that it's going to be good for her. I think that if she can learn to play at the net and learn to do a lot of things that you learn in doubles that don't happen in singles a lot, she can be a much more dynamic player. Um, but at the end of the day, my criticism for her is her inconsistency and you know her inability to really hit a lot of winners let me pull open her draw I can't remember exactly who she lost to but you know takes out there we go takes out Azarenka in the first round and loses to Putin Seva, who you know is a nice player hits some good shots but Sabalenka at her best should be able to beat Putin Seva without too much trouble um and I think it was a quarter where she had a chance to advance so I am still disappointed in her overall fortnight but it's good to hear that she's a grand slam champion what do you think spread
0: yeah, I mean, I think it means a lot. I think that, you know, to bring it back around to what we were just talking about, I think Ash Barty is another player that uh, mentally was benefited greatly by playing in slam-level uh, competitions on, on the double side, and that really developed some of her mental game over we playing in the doubles uh, with the money and the championships and all that stuff on the line. So I think it's a great sign for Sabalenka going into the Asian swing where she did pretty well last year.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a perfect segue. So good job with the U.S. Open. Gentlemen, let's jump into we've got three whole tournaments to recap this week. And again, it is a little bit late, so I think we'll be quicker than normal. Um, And that's my wonderful dog trying to make sure that our neighbors aren't getting into the apartment. Um, excuse that <laughs> He's, he really doesn't like him I don't know why but let's start with Hiroshima which is a pretty interesting tournament started in 2009 they played for 6 years in Osaka, Japan then 3 years in Tokyo and last year was their first year in Hiroshima Sue Wei She beat Amanda Anisimova, kind of a coming out party for Anasomova, if I remember correctly Serena Dias won in 2017 Christina McHale in 2016 Yanina Wickmeyer in 2015 so not a tournament with a ton of big names but let's go through the field here. I, I like a lot of players and I do see some value here in the outright market. So um we'll start with you, Spread. We're gonna go top half, bottom half here. So top half Sue Shea, um Catter oh man how do I say this? katerzina maybe Kawa? katerzina
2: Kawa. There yeah. we
1: go. Zarina Dias, Van Yutvank, Bonaventure, Samson who had a great clay season. Now this is on hard, but you know showed us some talent. Tatata Maria Spread, what do you think about the top half? Is this sh- uh, Sue Wei Shays have to lose. Uh, do you see anybody you like from an outright perspective?
0: I mean, obviously, it's Shays' um, tournament to lose, but a plus 450. I don't see any value there if I were going to choose an outright from this one. I think that uh, former champion uh, Zarina Diaz is worth a look, and she's at plus 1,000 on Five Dimes, and another plus 1,000 that I like is uh, AVU Allison Van Bank.
2: Wow. Those are pretty interesting. Uh, Jump in, Yeah, Ryan. I'm going to. I, my, <laughs> my sentiment was literally the polar opposite of all of that. Cool, um, let's have fun with it. I'm like, yeah, I I saw this and I go, you know what? I think Shea at 5.5 actually looks value to me. There is zero that scares me here. Tatiana Maria is coming from North America this week where she played New Haven and lost to, I think it was Usui Arcanada. Um, when, when the second favorites in this half are tied between Van Utvank and Diaz on outdoor hard courts. Like (laughs) Van Utvank, I'm writing off. That would be the semi anyway. And Diaz like is the only challenge here. I don't think she gets through Shay's variety. Um, And I don't think she has enough kind of tricks up her sleeve of her own to, to kind of compete with Shay. To me, this looks like Shay walks if she's motivated. Now the only question here is a motivational kind of angle for me. Um, but she, she's not a tanker. She's not someone that shows up and just, you know, tanks, takes an appearance sphere, whatever, and leaves. So for me, I think you've got a plus fi- uh, 450 that should almost easily get to the final, and at that point, it's hedgeable because she's the favorite against anybody in the bottom half. Like, she's the tournament favorite, and there's no one even close that will, would, I would think would really uh, put a dent in that. Yeah, I'm, I, I think Shay here at 5.5 is a play for me uh, for, for half a unit.
1: I'm, I'm on board with Jorge here. I think that this is a, so I'm seeing 4-1. to one. This should be 2-1, to one, maybe even less than that. I, I know that in general in today's wow. WTA, that no one should ever be that big of a favorite, yeah. but she plays a wild card, and I, I'm going to be honest, have either of you ever heard of Risa Ozaki? Never. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, there we go. All she right. plays uh, on
0: the Asian swing. I mean. Good for her.
1: I mean, <laughs> we got Kawa there in the second round, then maybe Di- Diaz, Diaz, however you say it. Um, then probably Maria. You know, right. This Jorge said, we're outside. That's terrible for Van Utevank. I would love to take Bonaventure in this situation, but you can't feel good good about <sighs> that. But I think Shea has a walk to the finals, and like you were saying, Jorge, she She's not someone that shows up just to collect a check and leave. I think that she's a pretty clever player and my guess is the reason that she entered this tournament of the 3 that she could enter this week is because she thinks she can win it.
2: Yeah, that that's actually a good point too. And I think um the only other one here that I kind of like is Ludmilla Samsonova. Um I really? do I yeah, I do. Uh, she's got a nice power game. Uh, I think the the only problem here is getting through uh, Kirsten Flipkins who's like Eats up young players with her variety for like a living. Like we saw with Andreescu, even uh, had had some problems along the way with Flipkin. So, um, that's my only concern there. I'm still gonna play her in the first match. Uh, I'm probably it's just that 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 bottom half of the, the second quarter, I should say, just it, it, to be 33 to one, like who's in that quarter? Venue, like outdoors, Bonaventure, Buzarnescu, who can't win a match. A wild card in Nara and Tatiana Maria. Oh come! I, yeah, I, it's, it's based it,
0: off the first round.
2: Yeah, I, that's yeah. the thing, and I think both situations provide some sort of value. So I'm definitely playing the first round. I'm considering using her as my. If I get Samsonova versus Shea into the semis, I'm I'm happy. Like, yeah, and I I, I can. It's a realistic possibility. It's I think it's a, got a greater chance than three point three 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 percent. Put it that way, and <laughs> so I think there's value in that play. So let me ask you something, Jorge. You like to always talk
1: about, and you advocate a lot. We've done the math. I advocated for as well, sometimes taking the uh, money line rollover instead of the outright here. Do you think it's better to take Samson over in the outright or just wait for that match against Shea? I bet she'll be a pretty decent dog um, based on how those first handful of matches go. But I see no reason Shea wouldn't be minus 180 to minus 200. So you're looking at one and a half to one, maybe even better on Samson over. What do you think about that?
2: Um, Well, you're talking about the rollover, Moneyline Parlay here?
1: Yeah, the roll, I guess even the rollover Moneyline Parlay versus um, you know, just waiting till that match to take, or since that seems to be like you said, you're kind of excited for that spot.
2: Oh, and you mean use that as the hedge spot? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm not keen on that because it's hard to hedge a plus 450 in the semis, and then have to hedge again in the final, even if it's going to be a very, very cheap price to do it in the semis. I would rather almost just use a tiny bit of uh, my bankroll to just bet Samson over right there and then just cheer for her head to head if that was the semi. Uh, i I understand your point and kind of like if she doesn't even get there, then you know why you don't need to to, to worry about uh, the hedging, but um, yeah, no, i I think I like saying like I know i I'm not sure that if she wins here, I, I think she gets some respect against Van Ute Bank. Um, how much I don't know but I don't know if you know one two three four matches five matches gets her above 33 to one um, and if Bonaventure upsets Van bank which she very well could you know that kills any money line value partly well, or money line parlay value as well um, I think that right now I'd, I'd take the 33 to one on the outright uh, and the the security of knowing that it's it's gonna stay as opposed to the volatility of what if she plays you know Bonaventure and then freaking ruminar or Mihail buzarnescu yep <laughs> like...
1: no thank you for that that's exactly what i was looking for it's always good to go back and forth on the process a little bit there um so uh, any, any other thoughts here on the top half guys
0: nope i think we hit them
1: all beautiful we'll jump down to the bottom tormo's here sir Stay is here kukova masaki doi Potapova, the uh tennis player formerly known as laura siegmund uh christina McHale and Veronica Kudermatova. And I'm going to start with you, Spread. And instead of asking about the bottom half, before we get on here while we were, uh, you know, just Jorge and I were talking, assuming you were there and you weren't, um, I told Jorge I, I had a pretty good guess on who he might take from an outright perspective. So who do you think I guessed Jorge might take to win this the tournament person, in the bottom half?
0: The person I'm going to take, Kudermonster. Monster, Cooter uh,
1: Monster uh, at 14-1 to on, one is some sweet on, sauce.
0: Yeah, at five dimes, she's twice the odds as, as Potapova. Woo. I was thinking That's I'm nice. going to take Potapova and yeah. yeah. but it's 7.5 to 1. I mean, I know I said this about Shea, too, and maybe I just hate picking the, the outright fave, which actually in the WTA is not the worst version to have, but Plus seven fifty—that's not the type of value. She should be. They should be way closer. They should both be in the plus one thousand range. With my other two picks of Diaz mm-hmm. and Van Uytvanck, so I threw Potapov out the window, and I got Kuder Monster at plus fourteen hundred is my last outright for this tournament. Love it. Yeah, the, the prices
1: it's, should be backwards. Kuder Batova should be seven and seven and a half or eight eight and eight to one, not fourteen. Go ahead, Ore.
2: Yeah, it is. It is bloody well damn criminal uh, that Van Uytvanck and Diaz are considered like by the implied probabilities a better chance to win this tournament with Sue She in their half than Ridiculous. Veronica Gunarotova. She has been criminally uh, underpriced all season long. We've taken advantage of it all season long and we're gonna continue to take advantage of it. Um, I have I have no issues with her number here at, at fourteen to is it fourteen or am I seeing thirteen? I don't I only have Bet 365. I'm seeing fourteen to one. Um it's that's I'm sorry, that's a joke. I mean, really Varvara Lepchenko, Christina McHale, and then Laura Siegmund on hards. otherwise, if it's not Siegmund, it's a qualifier qualifier. Ayano Shimizu? is this serious? And then who's in the top who's in the third quarter that troubles you Potapova maybe. I, I, other than that, I think I was really hoping for a price around thirty to one on Serana Kirstea um from that third quarter just because I think that she showed. Um, you know, winning that match at the U.S. Open, um, which was again cr- a criminal price. Uh, I do think this is the type of tournament where she could do well. You know, you're getting over to the Asian swing. If you know she's got it, she's got the, the ability to hit. If she can just stay within the frickin', uh, <laughs> uh court long enough, I think she could beat Suribes Tormo. I think she could beat Flinker Kakova. She could beat Doi, uh, a qualifier a qualifier, and then Potapova is the question mark there. But it's only twenty to one. And that's about $10 uh, too short for me. So um, I think that the true price for her would be around 24 to 1, 25 to 1. I would look for 30 to 33 to 1, and it's 20 to 1. I'm surprised they actually gave her so much respect, considering how disrespectful they were at the U.S. Open in her first round match. Um, so I, 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 I'm I going to say Kudermatova has to be a play here, uh, and Shuai Shea from the top half, as well as a small, small, small play on Samsonova. So, in your opinion, guys, coming off a of Grand Slam, you know,
1: odds makers having two weeks of getting absolutely beat to death by the amount of bets and the amount of work they've had to do, and they walk into three tournaments. Uh, I'm gonna have yep. to go back and look at some numbers. I think I can pull some data, maybe, to look at this. But I wonder if this is a particularly soft week because when I look at the Potapova draw versus the Kudrymova draw, let's assume they're equal players. I actually think Kudrymova is better than Potapova. Yes, I do too. Um, Potapova's draw looks harder to me. Uh, Serstia's is there, Kukova is no slouch. You know, Doi isn't great, but Doi's going to make her play tennis for two or three uh-huh. sets. Um Matova's got Lepchenko, she should crush. Mikhail I assume beats Greet Minin. Either one of those shouldn't be a problem. Maybe right. maybe Laura Siegman, you know, jumps back in a time machine is able to play tennis this week for a couple times but I have no concerns at all that Kuta loses this quarter. I know that quarter prices are almost non-existent for some of these smaller events unless you're in Canada or maybe Europe but I'd be very curious to see what her quarter price is but at 14 to 1 this just looks like a wrong number so um, I actually put a, whole, a full unit on this which is something I think I really do at this price but um, gotta love her draw. Um, Anything else to talk about here in the bottom half? I know we hammered the Kudor angle there pretty hard, but that was some good breakdown. Anything else for you here, Jorge?
2: No, I'm I'm good with going on to first-round prices for uh, for this one.
0: Spread? Uh, one thing I wanted to uh, piggyback on what you said, I completely agree. I think that there's a very limited liability for books here um, with the NFL opening up and most recreational oh, gambling. There you go. That's true. I forgot about over. that. So it's like, uh, even if they run, you know, a, you know, a negative for this week, it's going to be so minuscule compared to the, their NFL hold. I, I really don't think they put that much time into it. I think that you're right about that. Yeah. I also
2: think that um, this week generally always has a lot of uh, tournaments for the women. And then uh, on the men's side, a lot of these, this is the five challenger weeks as well. These Those are notoriously soft. I had one of my... Uh, uh, subscribers actually tracking not just you know with a spreadsheet on the plays um, that I would I would tip but also by WTA ATP and Challenger. and I think it was July uh, during the second week of Wimbledon the week after we finished July the Challenger was were the most profitable for us um, uh, on the VIP page and I, I do think it's because the second week of a slam odds makers really just care about Getting those Wimbledon prices right, or getting those U.S. Open prices right, and you know it's not that they neglect the challengers, but they so the liquidity is so low they can change their prices, change the prices so quickly, and all the money's coming in on the bigger events. So yeah, I think that there's there is a little blind spot there. Uh, and the week after Slam is one of my favorite weeks because you generally get I think we have three women's tournaments and five challengers, you know, eight tournaments to handicap it's back to high volume again and the second week of the slam is always low volume because there just aren't the matches there i love that that was some really great stuff spread you made a great
1: point about the nfl starting up this week so that's going to be a huge distraction and jorge you doubled down you know laying out that there are five challenger tournaments for the men three wta tournaments for the women here you know so not only is the book and overwhelmed in general they're overwhelmed from a tennis perspective and Um, you know, just to give a little shout out to a a book that's very good and I hate books. I do not read books, but one of the ones that I've loved actually reading was the logic of sports betting where they break down, um, you know, kind of how, um, a lot of books work and, you know, who sets these lines. This has to be a truly brutal week and that's the time to find some value. And I, I think this Kudumatova price is a perfect example. Um, so you guys ready for some first round matches? Yep. In the interest of time, I'm going to skip anything with a giant favorite. Um, you know, Pull up the list maybe yourselves. If I skip something you want to talk about, we can circle back to it at the end. But uh, Kawa, plus 120 against Priscilla Hahn. I see Priscilla Hahn, minus 160. I know Kawa was pretty hot the last time we saw her, but I don't think she's played on hard courts in a while. Any opinions from either of you here?
2: It's tempting on Hahn. I think it's a pass for me, though.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen either player play recently enough to make I watched Cobble play a little while ago and I liked her but if I remember right she's kind of mercurial and you know first round match I want to stay away maybe if she comes out playing well and you know that she's here to play this week yeah um, I might consider you know jumping in at a dog price and trying to take out your guys shape pick but
1: I wouldn't play her in the first round Samsonova plus 160 flipkins minus 225 Jorge it sounds like you're ready to strike on the dog Yep. yeah I'm on
2: uh, Sanova. absolutely
1: I like that as well I think that she's the kind of player that, that can beat flipkins and and flipkins gets a lot of name recognition um you know someone who I think has probably spent more time coaching tennis than playing tennis this year <laughs> spread you're about a million years old every
0: week
2: think?
1: well
0: I don't like I thought we we're gonna get a way better price on that um just off name value and things like that and I don't want to fade Flip. I don't want to go against flipkins playing against the younger players so I'm going to stay away. We have three tournaments to
1: choose matches from, so I can afford to be selective here on these first rounds. Belgian on Belgian action. The um, Similar, oh, in wow. my mind, Allison Van Udvank against Yazeline Bonaventure. Uh, Allison Van Udvank, minus 250 on outdoor hardcourts, which I know Jorge's starting to lick his chops a little bit. I don't know if he's he's taken a bite yet, but Bonaventure, plus 175. Um and you know what? Actually, I'm going to go to spread first just to make Jorge wait a little bit longer spread. What do you think here? Um, is, is this a decent price in the dog? I see more or less the same tennis player. Uh,
0: I understand why you're saying that in, in terms of like weapons and past the victory that you do use the same weapons and same paths. But I think Van Ute Bank is much more refined and I think that price reflects it. And I think it's I think it's accurate. I think that, uh, if A V U plays anywhere close to her best tennis, she can beat Bonaventure playing close to her best tennis in the way that she ends up not winning is Bonaventure playing her best where AVU doesn't show up uh and give a hundred percent
1: of what she's capable of.
2: Agreed. One hundred percent. But that right. assessment.
1: So you're not you're not gonna fade AVU here, Jorge? No, no. All right. Cirstea plus one twenty five or Kirstia. I don't know how to say it. You guys could correct me. Against Tormo, who I love to fade on hard courts. Um any idea why our girl's the dog here?
2: No. None.
1: I, I think we have to bet that. What do you it, think, it I, no.
2: I think it, it has to be the consistency of Cerebus Tormo. Um, no, the, it has the, to
0: be the recent results of Kristea, which have been been poor.
2: I don't know. She she won as like a huge dog in her, in her first uh, US Open match. I have no problem right. backing her here against a clay quarter. I think, for me, maybe the matchup... Uh, she also won her second match, too, against Bolsova Zedoyanov, who is no slouch, despite what people may think and the market may think. Um, she made the third round of the, the US Open. She's She's got form going for her. Uh, she kind of collapsed on that second set against Townsend, but took her to 7 5. Um, you know, Townsend taking a set off Andreescu played probably the tournament, the slam of her life uh, so far. So, yeah, I have no problem. I think this is, again, the matchup of the consistency of Tormo versus the natural inconsistency of Kirstea. Um, but I have no problem rooting for Kirstea and betting on her because I would like to see her stay in tournaments as long as possible.
1: Kirstea all right, and actually, Jorge, I know you missed the uh u s open check in I'm actually curious for your thoughts on Townsend um I- yeah you know I always appreciate your eye on tennis that was one of the the first reasons we started to talk because you've watched and and played and really understand the game much better than I do what do you think about Townsend's game do you think what she did in the U.S. Open was kind of fluky do you think that's sustainable you know at the end of the day I know uh, spread and I spent a lot of time talking about serve and volley and 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 really what that means and, and how important that is to her but in general what did you think of her U.S. Open and do you think she's going to be able to continue to confuse some of these players with a different style
2: she's a great player to back as a big underdog um my issue is the fitness i just don't understand how that hasn't been a top priority uh, maybe it's because her coach is donald young's dad and donald yelling let donald young jr get fat too so who knows <laughs> but like screw it i'm over i'm somewhat overweight so i can say it but um i don't understand the fit the fitness will always be a problem for me especially if she wants to make deep runs in ITS to build her ranking to get into WTA tournaments more often. Um, she's that she's that kind of player that gets to play slams because she the slam fields are so big she gets like basically direct entry or she's guaranteed a seed in qualifying, but she can't get into regular smaller tourneys because her ranking isn't even close enough and sometimes not even good enough to get into qualies. So uh, she's kind of that uh, tweener player and I think she's got a, a nice game. And I think one thing I will say about her, I think she's got a great head on her shoulders too. I think she thinks through matches really, really well. Um, but the problem is it's just not quite a big enough game, and, man, the fitness is just its not there.
1: Thank you. That was a really good breakdown, and I think we, uh, Spread and I, touched on a lot of that stuff last week. All right, one more match I had here. Hold on. Let me jump uh, in on
0: Kirstea real quick, just to tell ahead. you why I don't think that's a good play. I know that Jorge likes her form because... She won those U.S. Open matches, but she hadn't won a match since the French Open before that. So she wasn't competing all summer. Well, at the same time, Tormo, even though she wasn't playing the same quality competition, is in here. She's in these tournaments. She's advancing, uh, playing well, grinding matches out, figuring out ways to get victory. I think Tormo is the right look here. (laughs)
2: disagree Mm, well we gotta we gotta
0: disagree it's great for the podcast when we all we we all agree we don't win and it doesn't make for good radio either so
2: yeah exactly
1: (laughs) spread no one listens to the radio it's not 1954 this is a podcast hey hey hey, i
2: worked in radio for a couple years man oh no (laughs) sports radio too all
1: right you've given out too much information you said your name earlier people know you're working campaigns you had a radio show grew them Oh, Come find it's me. Be so Come much track me down. For spread to do. All right. No I had, editing. I had one Leave more it. match. One, just one more. Uh, Vivara Flink minus one ten against Christina Kukova oh. minus one twenty five. I think I like Kukova a ton at that price. I heard you, Jorge. Oh, what really? are you thinking?
2: Oh, go for I, it. I like. I think it's lined about right. I, I was look. I was a fade Flink kind of guy. I watched her, uh, a few matches on hard courts, and there's something about her she's just she's good at what she does and i don't know how to explain it. she's not like you know this massive hitter or, or, but i i do i i kind of respect her here and i think that this is a tricky line no such thing as trap lines kids but i do think this is a sneaky line i think it's lined about right um again Kokova could win this six six two six two but i could see flink winning like a seven five third set too so i think i like the the angle the books have taken here, if I'm a, an odds maker, I think I take this and, and see it as like a 50-50 and just take a ton of VIG um, and hope that uh, that money comes in equally on both sides and that half the people see Flink grinding one out and half the people see Kakova as the much better hardcore player and beating her down. Um, yeah, I think do I think Kakova wins? Yes. Is there value in the number for me? I don't think so. I think it's one of those things where don't just predict when you're betting sports, folks. You've got to because that's what the bookies do with their odds. They're making predictions too, except they're taking fifteen to twenty cents <laughs> uh, right off the bat. So um, I think value-wise, for me, I, I do see why you like the play Noopsie. I just I think that that's it's sneaky, and I think they've lined this one right. It's like a twenty percent difference in hold break. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get it. I, I get like for me, Flink was an auto fade on hards, and I started watching her, and there's for some reason I think against ITF-level players like Kokova, I think that she can cause them problems, and they, they have sometimes a tough time thinking through them. And it's, I don't know, man. I, I get why you're going to play it. I'm not going to say don't play it. I'm just going to say, for me, I think I've got too much, I've got a question mark too many to, to play it. Though I do understand the rationale, if that makes any sense. All right. Well,
1: begrudgingly, I might have to play it unless Spread wants to talk me out of it as well. Anything to add? Well, I
0: want... I want to jump in. I want to have you guys critique my analysis just from, and I haven't spent a lot of time on tapes, buddy, with these young ladies, but from the matches that I have watched, I think that Kukova's game does not match her results. I mean, if you look, her and Flink have very similar results. You watch Kukova, to me, I like her ground strokes better. Uh, you know, movement is pretty close, but still I like it But I just like her the way she hits the ball so much better, but she's not winning. She doesn't do the things to get the points. Um, you know, she's not... She has, you know, the point construction just isn't there and the the consistency isn't there. You'll watch her sometimes and you go, boy, this is a really solid player. And then other times, you know, you're just like, who let uh, ITF into this WTA tournament? So uh, I I kind of think that it's weird yeah. that you watch the tape study. Kukova looks way better, but then you look at the results and you see a very similar player.
2: Yep.
1: All right, gentlemen, anything else on Hiroshima? Also better known as the, uh, the, Jap- the Japan Women's Open. All right. You guys ready for me to really botch a word that I assume is in Chinese? Yes. We have the Jiangji oh International Women's Tennis Open. Um, it's a one hundred and twenty-five event. Uh, you know, I think we'll probably refer to it as oh, Nanchang okay. for the rest of the way. Oh uh, gosh,
2: I thought you were talking about Zhengzhou, and oh, I was like, oh, oh yeah, my yeah, god, what know. are you doing? Yeah, I got it oh, open. Uh, I don't have this one
1: hundred and
0: twenty-five pulled out. Let me pull it up real quick.
1: The spelling, and Warham. Uh, I'm right. curious to see how you think this sounds. J i n g x i
2: yeah, Zhang
1: Zhangxi. Zhang, Zhi, Zhang like that, yeah. Zhi, there we go. Zhang that, Zhi, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we have him, former radio professional, here to keep us on the on the up and up. Um, another relatively new tournament. Last year was its first time, or, I'm sorry, three years as an international event, and then it was a 125 for two years before that. Yeah. Um, yeah Wang Jiang that. won last year, one of her um, you know, big tournaments, I think, and kind of taking her step forward. Peng Shui the year before in 2017, and... Um, Duan Yingying in 2016 are our last three winners. Um, let's start with you. Let's start with you, Jorge. This time we'll start in the top half. We've got Shuai Zhang, Lin Zhu, Paula Bedosa, Shuai Peng, Christina Pliskova, Elena Rybakina, um, Laura Arborena, and Victoria Golubich. What a wonderful clay tournament this would be!
2: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, I'm not uh, exactly. I don't have any prices up for me so if you guys have any numbers i got numbers for me that would be great it, are right. they at five give, dimes give me, give me some yeah. names Mavada has them okay so uh why don't i'm gonna i'm gonna say you, know, you, you, that, you pull those up spread what do you think right
0: all right so i know we weren't doing quarters but i think the uh the second quarter of this one is not the best that I've ever seen in a tournament. And I was very disappointed in it, but I'm wondering if I'm capping this wrong because I go and I see that uh, Peterson is one of the one of the favorites to win this tournament, and I think oh no, she's in the third quarter, Come so I got buddy, that long. Top second, half, second quarter is bad. Okay, yeah, my bad. Anyways, real quick, <laughs> number one seed isn't isn't the top price, and I like Shuai there at plus seven hundred. Um, they
1: have, uh, Lynette and Peterson ahead of her, which kind of surprised me. So I I like your idea to take the number one seed there, but I kind of think she is a brutal draw. Kroonich in the first round, you know, Kroonich hasn't played great tennis yeah, she hasn't played all that well. season, but yeah. has the ability to maybe keep her tight. Lin Zhu, I'm going to take Lin Zhu if she's a dog against Zhang in really? the second round match. I am.
0: And so, why are you doing that? Is uh, there numbers that are, are doing it, or you're just.
1: It's a little bit of numbers, Is a little bit of her play the last few rounds. She's been real steady the last probably month or so. Her serve's been really on point, and I like Zhang's game. She's a very clever player, but I don't think that there's anything to get really too excited about there you look in the other part of that quarter bedosa um you know doesn't have really the experience on a hard court but whoever wins the bedosa pang match has a chance to do something um i think it's actually a pretty tough draw for her when i look in the top half the name that i see is elena Rybakina. um you know got reina there in the first round that looks pretty easy then a wild card or Wang Jin Yu there in the second round. Not really too worried about any of that. And then Galubevic, Arberena, Nicolescu. I mean, the joke I made at the beginning: this isn't on clay. This is on hard courts, ladies and gentlemen. Like, this is this looks like a great spot for Rybakina to walk through to the semifinals here. So I'm going to look at Rybakina. She's 14 to one. I'm seeing to win the event. Um, not sure if that's a half unit or a full unit play. I'll think about that a little bit more. But I'm going to be on Rybakina to win this event.
0: All right, I like that. I actually identified that as the weakest quarter. Um, not the best on the podcast but I did and I just didn't have the uh the gumption to go ahead and support Rybukina but I I do like that play
2: what do you think Jorge you got prices pulled up uh yeah I do I think that the fact that Peng Tarn Plipwick is a qualifier here speaks the world about Nan Chang we always joke (laughs) at least last year spread and I joked I think that was before you arrived uh noobs that this is probably the worst field annually um (laughs) on the I'm not kidding on the WTA tour. I I I genu- you know, I genuinely say over the line, you know, mean things is jokes, sarcastically. I'm serious. I think this is honestly every year one of the worst uh, fields. They always have to have one of their one or two of their big Chinese names in in whether it's Wang or, or Zhang this year. Uh, but outside of that it, it's just not very good. I love your Rybakina play. I don't mind Nicolescu in the second quarter. I just don't think that 12 to 1 is a great price. Uh uh, Jin Yu Wong could could be someone to watch here too. I think that is interesting. And I think that's why the Ribikina price is where it is. Um, she's a very good young player. Uh, her and Yu both. And I think her at plus 4,000, that's a look for me. I think uh, Ribikina will be the favorite in the second round. But yeah, for me, I'm looking at uh, uh Jin Yu Wong plus 4,000. That's 40 to 1, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, 40 to 1. And, yeah, uh,
2: I'll I'll take a future out on her. She's looked really good. She's strong on hard courts. Uh, the form is there. I believe she qualified for the U.S. Open. Um, you know, home country kind of player. She's got a wild card in the first round. Uh, I think she gets through a match there. And then um, the tough part is going to be how the heck does Shuai Zhang get knocked out uh, prior to the semis? Because if she does, there's huge value on that number
1: yeah I I like that I like that play a lot and um, again looking back at the past winners three out of the last five well actually there's only been five tournaments here but I'm sorry four out of the five tournaments they've had here have all been won by Chinese women so um, definitely a good thing to look for but I want to pause for a second because Jorge you missed our one year anniversary did you know we've done an entire year of podcast as of last week
2: yeah yeah I remember uh, Spread and I started it um, that that midweek of the US Open
1: so, I actually went back and looked. I remember you guys had recorded two yourselves that I don't think ever made it, but all three of us were actually on the first one.
2: Really? Yeah, if
1: you go back and listen to it, you hosted, and uh, it, it was Spread, oh, yeah. spread and I, and then I think you went on hiatus a little bit for um, a political campaign. Job, right? a campaign yes, yeah. Yeah.
2: yes. That's right, it was the ca- That's right, you have been around since the beginning.
1: Because yeah. I, I, yeah, this is the exact same time of year.
2: Well, this actually, is the yeah. exact same time of year as the uh, as the campaign for uh, the municipal stuff I was doing. Oh, you're right. Yes. Okay. A little yeah. trivia for Jorge: Who's the only one of us that's been on every single episode? Oh, wow! Have you really <laughs> been on every single episode? Yeah, I haven't m- haven't, haven't missed one. one. Are you sure the first 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 episode that went to air? Yep. You can go really? go you back release, and look all the way didn't to the beginning release
1: for two weeks.
2: Oh, we didn't release for two. weeks. That's, that's what I'm thinking about. I slowing
0: down my voice and it was off. Oh,
2: that's right. I stole your podcast. <laughs> Memory Lane, boys. Oh, my gosh. Amazing.
1: All right. You guys ready for the bottom half? We've got Rybakina in the top. I do like that Jin Yu Wong look at, at 40 to 1, but I do think she loses to Rybakina. Still like the value. Um, let's jump into the bottom half here. Now, Spread, I know that um, you were really excited to talk about Rebecca Peterson, and you kind of blew the lead there a little bit, but go for it. Rebecca Peterson. No, I mean, I, I don't understand why she's the top,
0: the number one. Uh, outright here, I, I think that Yifan Wang is the way to go in this in this quarter. I think that you have to, you know, based off what you said earlier, you have to pick a you have to pick a local player. I mean, obviously, if you get those huge numbers, but you can't lay less than ten to one on yeah. a, on a non Chinese player. So I'm going to take Yifan Wang to win the uh, bottom half. I think she's played great. I think they obviously, you know, we had high hopes for her after she had a nice little uh, run there in February and March, and then she's kind of. Uh, you know, come back down to earth or regress to the mean, but I think that you know, being back at home, I know this means so much to these players. Um, their sense of patriotism and nationalism is is unrivaled. So I mean, you know, you're going to get 100 percent effort. So I like to look for Yafan Wang here in the bottom half of the draw. Love that. Yeah, you
2: can you can double. Yeah, that's a triple then a triple add up because uh, the fact that Magdalene Net and Rebecca Patterson are favorites here and they're both plus 600. That's astounding to me. I mean, I don't know how Shuai Zhang isn't the auto-favorite of the tourney. I don't think there's value at plus 700, but there certainly is hell is not value at plus plus. Yeah, there 700 might not be
0: at plus 700, but I think I just had to take it when I saw that she wasn't the most outright favorite, you know? I think it just, Yeah. It just jumped I mean, out to me. I'm I like, get, I it's get that. It's the third best number? It should be the first best number, so.
2: Do, Worst number, but yeah, do you guys, most yeah. likely.
0: Do you guys think they forgot to look up where Nan Chang was?
2: I think I they're going to
0: take like $700 total in action on this tournament. I don't think yeah. that they're very worried.
2: This, yeah, that's true too.
1: This looks like odds for a tournament they'd play in France.
2: I mean, even still, why on earth would a hardcore tournament played in France have Yifan Wang and Shuai Zhang behind uh, Pedersen and Lynette? Well, Lynette, I guess. Maybe Lynette's because they, well have a they have more Peterson, Peterson, Peterson's they, been pretty great. they have Chinese bettors. Well, again, I think the books sometimes overrate form and then other times will underrate form, and we're seeing that here. I think um, – you know, I think Jinyu Wang uh, has been playing really well. She's a solid young player, very good prospect. Uh, one of the matter tips, tennis kind of, uh, uh, you know, recruit not recruits but uh, scout players, if you will. And uh, you know, she she's she was playing decently at the uh, the U.S. Open just you know last week, and she's plus four thousand. And then Pedersen has a few good tournaments leading into the U.S. Open, and she's plus six hundred. I mean. To me, that there's something that's not equating here, and I think that there's no value there. I'm, I'm with spread. My only bottom half play will be F and Wong. Um, you know, I'm also pretty big on her in the first round. Uh, so you know, that kind of hints at what kind of value I think there is there. I think she hammers Stoyanovich, and then I think you know, an aging Stozer or a garbage Rodionova, uh, followed by what? Who? Who's the in the in that th- the third match she would play? Who on earth? In the quarterfinal scares you. Between Katarina Kozlova, Greta Arn, who's like 40, Dalila Yakupovic, or Sarah Arani. Are you serious?
1: Um, It's the chef that's making breakfast that morning and whether or not he yeah. undercooks the eggs. That's what uh, yeah, I'm Yeah, exactly.
2: About. I mean, or injury. You know, team injury sneaking yeah, up on, on her. Bad shoes. His entire
1: laces And off. I even
0: think this is one of those tournaments where she plays through it. I think it's going to take a lot to get her to retire uh,
2: Yeah, I think that – I agree here. I think that's the value in the bottom half. And I honestly, the, the fun part about these tournaments is there's not a whole lot to do in first rounds either because, like, <laughs> this is so bad. Like, the, the prices are skewed sometimes. All right. We yeah, love. I mean,
0: I'm just thinking they're taking no, like, Chinese national money at all, but they are taking European and American money. So I think that's just why it's skewed uh, to the European players where we think it's just insane. Yeah. yeah,
1: true. So we love Wang Yifan, and again, let's re- let's remember and pay attention to this throughout the Asian swing. Chinese fans oh. show up for Chinese players. they yeah. show up in mass. It's unbelievable in some of these events. When we get to Beijing, the the, the stadium, from what I remember last year, was yeah. basically empty unless a Chinese player was playing. So um, yep. that's a huge thing this week. So just to wrap up here, we all like uh, Wang Yifan. I put a whole unit on her. I put a whole unit on Rai Bakina actually, um, and it sounds like you guys are
2: both on board. Yeah, I'm on board with uh with with both those and I think uh Jin Yu Wong. Jin Yu well, Wong. that's right. That was at.
1: the other one. Thank you. All right, let's jump into some first round matches here. Um in a match that might have been good, I don't know, maybe three years ago, Jacupovich is playing Arani. Um Jakub <laughs> oh. is minus one twenty five, Arani's minus one ten. Do you guys pass. have any reactions other than to throw up?
2: No, your only angle oh. is fade Arani, is all you can do there, but I'll pass.
1: And it's even weird when she hits like seventeen double faults and still yeah. wins. And then
2: flipping through here, it's
1: a ton of big favorites. Golubovic is a huge favorite. Yeah. Nicolescu is a huge favorite. Maybe yeah, I might look at Era Barena, but Nicolescu. I really wanted to play it.
2: Nicolescu, but look at this price. You yeah. know, Patterson is what minus, minus the, almost a thousand.
1: hundred. Linette's minus eight hundred. Kozlova's minus four fifty. minus um, four fifty. Someone named Fang Zhu Lu is minus two twenty five against someone named Anna Danilina. Danilina. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Rybakina's minus six hundred uh zavatska's minus 175 over fett plus 125 that's a little closer do you, either
2: of you have anything to say about that that's an intriguing spot for yana fett she came through qualies as well i all you know you, you can never go wrong with someone who's accustomed to the courts and shown form leading into the match um it's fetter pass there for me anything dad
0: spread no
1: i I, mean, I might watch this one i don't know zavatska well enough to cap this match very well uh wong yafan minus 160 i'm seeing against stoyanovich at 120 i wonder if this is a little overreaction to stoyanovich's run in that yes kind of funky clay season we have at the end of grass um go ahead jorge you're ready
2: yes it was yes it is and you've got to play you've got to play wong she could lose okay i get it maltina plays lose sometimes whatever this is something you have to this is a must play it has to be. She should be minus two to uh, minus two hundred, minus two twenty-five, somewhere in that region. Easy.
1: I agree. Easy. I agree. I think you get a parlayer with just about anything. I'm going to look at her at two zero. I'm going to look at her at minus minus three. Maybe if there's a, a minus four, it plus money out there, I'll think about that. Um, this is a bad number. Spread. Anything if you to want add. to
0: know what it's a reaction to, it's a reaction to uh, Stojanovic heading to Asia to get ready for the Asian swing right after she was eliminated from the U.S. Open and winning a nice little challenger over there. Ah. So, but it was on clay. So I mean, I don't know how much you make for it, right. but you do have to account for the fact that a lot of these players are coming from the United States. She should be there. She should be adjusted to the time
1: zone. If this is clay, I might bet Stoyanovich, but it's not. It's in yeah. China. It's on hard courts. Again, it seems that the odds makers are completely beyond understanding yeah. where this match is being it's, played.
2: It, it's all it's all the score lines in her in her ITF win six one, six one six one, six one six one, six three, six two, seven six, six two. Uh, not in that order, but like a lot of ba- a lot of carbs being handed out there. But she didn't play anyone, so you yeah, know I am perfectly She didn't play any content. player that
0: I've ever scouted. No, perfectly my content. Is not as good as yours, but I've never seen any of these players that she's beat to win this tournament.
1: You guys ready for Zheng Zhao? Yep.
2: Yeah, Zheng Zhu. Zhu
1: is that how you say is it? Is that Zhengzhou. what it is? Zheng Zhu. Zheng Zhu. I'm, sure. I'm going to try that. You're normally right. Um, Again, another tournament where a lot of Chinese women have won. Again, relatively new tournament. This will be the sixth year. It was a 125 event for three years. Um, Wang Yifan won in 2015. Anastasia... I thought it was Potapova, but it's not. It's Anastasia Pivavarova. I don't know who that is. Oh, she
2: is gorgeous.
1: Wang Jiang won in 2017. Shai Shai Zhang won in 2018, beating Wang Yifan. Um, so, a lot of names that we like in a regular here, but we have a premiere event. So, this but is. But this is premiere now, yeah. Right. It's not a premier five or a premier mandatory, and the WTA it's, a five, it's loves to be in a ring. Around, is that right? what it is? It's, I think it's a 400, 400, 470 or something 470, like that. Yeah. 470, yeah. So, not a huge event, but a they relatively just don't do big event. Because making things complicated is fun.
0: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, why would, you ha- why would you give out 500 points to the winner of the mid-level tournament when you give out 470? Wow.
1: So before we jump into this, I'm curious in general as to your thoughts. It's the week after a Grand Slam, um, and now a lot of the women that are here got knocked out, I think, the first week at the U.S. Open. But what a weird tournament. I think there's 32 spots. Um, we have one, two, three, four buys um, in a really, really small field and some really big names. So I'll just go through the whole tournament here. Um, Pliskova is the number one seed. Sofia Kenin's the six seed. Burtons is the three seed. Kerber the five. Mardich, the seven. Sabalenka the four. Garcia the eight, and Svitolina, the two. We have a bunch of big names playing in a small tournament with buys, and and a pretty bizarre field. So, at a very kind of macro level, are you are you guys? Do you have your you know your radar up? Or are you are you concerned about? This event, again, being real close to a slam, kind of being a funky tournament. And, and I'll start with you, Jorge. How do you, you know, before you went into this event, did you kind of pause for a second and say, this might be a little bit weird, or are you avoiding big names? Are you thinking about small names? What do you think? Uh,
2: I just, w- one thing I don't like is that the disparity between the, the names is incredible. Um, I, I think that, you know, the, the big names are huge. Uh, you know, you got top 10 players as your as your seeds with buys. And then, like, who's opposing Svitolina? Like, Martin Kova, Dwan, Ledenevich, Sadancic, Putin, Seva, and a completely out of form all year, Caroline Garcia. Who's going up against Sabalenka that, as a challenger? Like, Ostapenko, qualifier, Zhaozhwan Yang, Fiona Farrow, Jasmine Paulini, or Petra Martic? Like, is this a... It, 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 there's just... The, the best quarter is the first one, just because Kennan... Is probably the seed that's going to rival her by player the most, that or Kerber, but Kerber's not having a great uh, time. I mean, Hertzog or qualifier, Cornet or qualifier, Chloe Paquette. Really? I mean, it's just either you have huge names and really, really great players, or you have no names. Um, for me, so I'm going to probably tread lightly. Um, I think the 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 big players probably dominate here and you're seeing, you know, plus 400 Svitolina, plus 400 Pliskova, plus 800 Kerber, uh, plus 800 Sabalenka, uh, Bairton's Cannon plus 800 as well, and then it jumps all way to plus 16. So the books are on the same page and I'm just gonna go quickly here and say I have no outrights for this one. Uh, I'm just gonna leave it alone
1: spread any anything to add are you uh, are you excited to bet this event this week are you uh gonna look maybe the other two since they maybe have less attention do you think uh do you think the big names are going to take it seriously i i i
0: don't think they will i think that this event has obviously the the best field of the three that we've discussed so far but i will be very curious to see how many of these big names are left um by the third round i i don't know how many uh, there's the time zone adjustment the fact that uh, you know, if you do fall behind and you do lose, you're pretty much get, just getting ready for the bigger events coming up in the next couple weeks. A uh, loss doesn't hear not going to hurt your ranking points that much. As far as I know, none of these big names really have a lot of points to defend here. So anything they do here would be icing on the cake. Um, but I know we do pick out rights and although Jorge might have a right idea in, um, Staying away from this one, I'd like to know what you think about your favorite player here at Plus 900, Sabalenka. Is that a
1: good look? Man, I don't know. It should be. I, I was really disappointed about that. And actually, before we get into that, what do you think about the fact that Penko's going to play Ostapenko in the second round?
0: Well, I'm just so hoping she wins because I, n- I want to see that match so bad. Just to see the state of the tennis balls after every ball change. I mean, that's going to be
1: fantastic. Yeah, that's true. Well, it sounds like we're going to talk about the whole draw here because I echo a lot of what Jorge said. This tournament's a mess. There's a bunch of big names. It's impossible to figure out who's actually going to try very hard. You look at the odds; they're really tight. Um, you know, Svitolina and Pliskova are our favorites at four to one. Kerber, who's basically taking the year off, is eight to one. Sabalenka, I'm seeing eight to one spread. You must be. I think nine. Kerber's
0: carrying an injury. Maybe I don't think so. Who,
2: Who knows? 50%. Maybe you got to write her off. All the all the more reason not to better at that number then. Yeah.
0: Oh so, yeah, I want to better at that number, but I don't think that her showing up is as a lack of effort or a lack of focus
1: on tennis. I don't think that she's 100 percent physically. Uh, there's just there's very little in an outright market, but to to get to your question, which I've been avoiding, uh, if Sabalenka <laughs> plays her best tennis, I, I love her draw here you know, a bye, Ostapenko, yeah, same. Uh, she should be able to beat Ostapenko, she should be able to beat, I assume, Martich, maybe Farrow, who's been really hot the last month, is there, but should be no problem there, I know Jorge's going to be really offended when I say this, but I think if Sabalenka plays her best tennis, Fidelina shouldn't be really that much trouble, um, and then, you know, she's looking at maybe Pliskova, maybe Burtons, maybe Kennan, who knows who actually makes the final there, but Sabalanka loves Asia. She loves these hard courts. I I don't know if this is the tournament where she finds whatever it is she's been looking for all year. I I have no confidence. I just want to make that very clear. I don't, you know, I pick Sabalanka out of love more than anything else in my little bracket challenge thing here, but I, I don't know. She's she's making weird Instagram posts about her and her I coach. I was going to bring that she, up. She fired her coach. Love. She's back together her with her coach. I don't know and, what's going on there. And
0: I mean the messages read I'm like staying a, a million miles away. That just broken up with her with her first love, right?
1: It's I'm staying a million miles
2: away from that. We're talking um, about Dmitry Tersinov
1: here.
0: Have you seen the post that she's been putting on? I mean like
2: I don't paragraphs. have Instagram. Oh, I also was screenshot. on on
1: Twitter. There's, there's this is basically the screenshot. she took a weird picture of their feet. And, like, she's wearing heels and he's wearing nice shoes or something. Maybe they're on a date. I have no idea. But as Spread said, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, this is the, the tough part about these women being so famous at such a young age. You know, they still are teenagers. They still are young women that are, you know, on social media, probably mostly tweeting, and tweeting quotes and songs. they're not socially
0: developed like a normal 19-year-old either. They don't go through the normal, uh, you know, high school... Uh, societal ins and outs and, and you know, learning how the, you know, the interaction works, they're very, very uh, uh, kept away from, from normal society. They have very little normal human interaction. A lot of times they're taught by tutors not in school systems. So um, they're 19, but, but mentally they, they might be a lot younger just in terms of yeah. uh, it's just, it's their like, personal lives. Right.
1: It's a little bit of a lack of awareness. And, and again, yeah. they're, they're teenagers. What was it? Tsitsipas was they're tweeting, very shelter. Tsitsipas was tweeting quotes from, I think like a weird rap song. It yeah. was like, Oh, maybe oh, I yeah. shouldn't do that. Uh, you know, yeah. who, who knows what's actually going on, but I, you know, spread, I would love to better, I would love for her to come out and play some great tennis, but who even has any idea where she is mentally at this point. So are you actually going to bet Sabalanka on the out right here spread? Were there any names? And, and again, Again, we'll go through the whole tournament here in the interest to save time. I know Jorge's passed on the outrights. Anything for you here?
0: I I'm basically doing it for radio. I'm not placing the bet. I placed the other two bets that or three bets that I've mentioned so far. I didn't place it, but just so the listeners don't just get to come away with, you know, don't bet this match, you know. Let's say they want some action and they don't care and they Love it know, Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a plus EV play. They just want some action. I, I would recommend Sabalenka at plus nine hundred. I think that if she red lines, it'd be great. I think that svitolina has got a great chance to win this tournament, but I don't like the plus four hundred. I definitely don't like the plus four hundred with uh, with Pliskova either. So I was just looking for something that's a little more meaty on the on my return.
2: Yeah, I, I would I would agree on the Pliskova point. I actually do like her chances. My only issue is that she's the number is so low. Yeah. And she's got the toughest path of any of the people with a buy. I think she has the best seed. Um in terms of twenty nineteen hard courts, Kennan's been the best of the four seeds that have to play in the first round. You know, there's a seed and a bye in every corner quarter. I think Kennan's the best of those four players. Uh, and she's in Pliskova's quarter. So I think that uh, yeah, I, I would agree that uh, that I, I would I would pass on Pliskova there. And I don't think is the worst play. I'm gonna pass on all outrights, but if there was one I liked it would be her. It has to be a big name for me. The the small names are just too small. And there is a ton of money, and there there are 470 points up for grabs. One of these seeds is going to want this tournament, so I don't think there's a, a much value in a long shot here. But I do think that um, if you're going to play one, Sabalink is probably the way to go. Um, also, like this tournament, I'm just going I'm gonna enjoy watching it. There's some nice names, and it's new and it's a premiere, so I'm gonna watch it on WTA TV for sure. Uh, but even in the first round, because of the, the mismatches we spoke about, uh, there's only one match I like um if you don't mind if i go ahead to the uh, first round here noopsy. Well, well let me and... do
0: one thing real quick on the outright. okay Two i was cut gonna in. say okay for me just to have some more hot takes here so we're not just being real neutral if i having to choose between plus 400s i've taken spitalina i like her chosen. that's what i yes. was gonna say about... you just
1: stole it yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. My other okay. yeah. is if you're choosing if ha- plus right.
0: 800s i like Cannon more than Burton's.
1: if i have to pick yes i agree with spitalina, both of those four to one. uh if, if anybody shows up and tries this week it's her and she's yep. consistent enough she's got enough she and tank. she likes the Asian swing right, right? Yeah,
2: she, we talked we talked about that it's earlier a
1: great so. draw i'm not again like you said I hope you're spot, right. i'm not going to bet her but i think this is a good spot and if i had to bet somebody it would actually be Svitolina at 4 to 1
2: all right Uh-oh. and in terms of first round matches i mean it's it's going to be hard to like go through the entire list because there's four buys i think qualifying is still going on and uh there's so many lopsided things like paolini mardich but Uh, and Pharaoh versus Yang. Um, For me, the only play here is Mladenovic. And I know you mentioned Yingying Duan was one of the previous winners. That was when it was a challenger. um, You know, 125K, I think, uh, way back when. I think Mladenovic uh, has looked pretty decent uh, of late. Forget the record, just the tape study. uh, I've actually respected what she's done, and I think four and a half, five games will be fairly standard to cover here. I think a 6-3, 6-3, or 6-2, 6-3 kind of match. Um... Unless Dwan places her serves perfectly, I think Mladenovic is going to like the pace on those big serves. Uh, and Duan cannot move for, to save her life. Um, the only issue might be, you know, if a crowd gets behind her because she's Chinese. But that's that's about all there is, is potential home court advantage there. But um, yeah, I'm all over Mladenovic, minus four and a half. I think that's a nice play. Yeah, looking at first-round
1: matchups, and I like this idea. We'll cherry-pick a little bit here because you're right. It's all pretty big There's favorites. Not much. Allison Risk plus 137 against that's Kerber. That's the only
0: match that I really think is worth talking about.
1: I, I'm probably going to look at an over there. I'm probably going to look at Risk as a dog there. I, I am totally 100% on the fade Kerber train for the rest of the year.
0: And what number are you getting on Risk if you take her on the money
1: line? Do you have it up? I've got Bet365s. That's plus 137, which means plus 140 that's or it? plus 145 is somewhere else.
2: Well, yeah. Let me let me hold hold on a sec here. Let me kind of pull this up on uh,
1: odds checker, the
2: odds portal. It's plus one fifty seven at uh, Pinnacle. Canadians can get plus one sixty at Bethard.
1: Yeah, I mean that means plus one fifty and fifty five is somewhere for us spread. I, I like that number a
2: lot against Kerber.
0: Yeah, I was hoping to get a little more, but yeah, it's risk or no play there.
2: Yeah, I would. I would. I was gonna say I, I'm probably with uh, with spread there. I'd probably go with. Uh, you know plus plus one 170, 175 you'd have me intrigued um, but uh, you know plus 157 is... I'm not playing Kerber that's for sure but I don't think I've been enticed into playing Risk either yet
1: all right gentlemen spread unless there's a first round match you want to talk about that is all I had to cover oh, uh, I think we're good all right, gentlemen, thank you as always. Um, you know thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Networth Pod. We'd love a rating, a review on iTunes, on SoundCloud, wherever it is you're listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Reach out to us on Twitter. ask us a bunch of questions and uh, have a great week. And if you
2: do give us a rating and comments, don't hold me against these guys
1: <laughs> what a, don't what give a, a bad rating because you
2: hate me because i do I, I am very hateable i will say so well, you know keep that in mind don't like, punish noobsy and spread
0: like daniel medvedev <laughs> you make a very good heel and that's that, right eh <laughs> with that i'll tell everyone good luck in all your wagers